Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You can text us at any time. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and the Ashley Fine Flores text line. We haven't really talked a lot about the situation with Ivan Provorov. It's kind of yesterday's news, but... You know, the Oilers support initiatives that are important, and Pride Nights are one of them, and uh, recognition of uh, the Indigenous community would be another, and I, I think those are great that organizations do things like that. I also think, uh, as a person that believes in critical thought, that you come to a place in your life where people are allowed to have difference of, of opinions on certain issues, and not everybody needs to think like you. There's lots of people just on the hockey front on a far less serious matter, because we talk about the Toy Department of Life, that think that the Oilers must move every single possible asset to uh, you know, go for it this year. And there's others that believe that uh, for long-term continuity in organization, the draft and development is the only model that works. I might be an individual that believes that only, uh, I, certainly for uh, a market like Edmonton, a strong argument can be made that uh, the better you do at drafting development, the better you're going to do long-term. You don't have certain advantages tax-wise in, in Canadian markets. Uh, there's greater pressure to play here. I think you got to draft and develop your own to get it. But it doesn't mean that I'm right. That's my opinion. And so, uh, and believe me, lots of you like to uh, correct me on opinions at times. So there you have it. It is uh, 12.36 in Edmonton. Again, we're going to bring uh, Louis DeBrusque in here momentarily, but not before I tell Hey, it was a great day today around the arena for a bunch of different people. Guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 19990 Jasper Avenue. Uh... Chris and Chef Altoff and Brendan tell them Oilers now sent you. As we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, we welcome back to the show Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. Hello, Louis. How you doing? Hey, Bob. I'm doing well today. How are you doing? Good. You ready to go? Should be a fun night tonight. Yeah, looking forward to this one. This will be another good test for Edmonton and a team coming in that uh, plays a real mature, sound game that knows how to get the job done and has been doing it for years. The Tampa Bay Lightning, very well-coached team. And I know Jay Woodcroft this morning, um, you know, made made those comments about the Tampa Bay Lightning and how they've done their business, that everybody in the league has watched them and how they uh, go about playing the game the right way. So for Edmonton, I think that this is a real test for the for the core, for the whole team to say, okay, listen, this is the team we're trying to be like. This is the team that has had the success that we want to have. Um, let's go out there and put our best foot forward and, and have a strong game. And that's what I expect tonight. It was, a, it was a great battle, the first matchup between these two teams in Tampa early in the season. And I expect no less tonight. Um, both of them seem to get uh, geared up for one another. Well, they played last year on March the 12th. It was the last day that I was uh, down in the COVID jail in the United States. Uh, had gone from Chicago into Bakersfield. The Connors had played the night before. And the Oilers played one of their best games of the season, a 4-1 victory. Uh, you did that game with Harner Ryan that night. But uh, the Oilers uh, ended up significantly, uh, they got 48 shots on goal. Brian Elliott's actually 49 shots on goal. Elliott faced 48 of them, and Edmonton 
took it to uh, Tampa Bay despite, but that said it was a 2-1 game late, and the Lightning got a 5-on-3 power play, and the Oilers were able to kill it. Miko Koskinen got the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, first time in 13 years, the Oilers won in Tampa Bay earlier this season, Louie, that 3-2 game, and that was the night that Evander Kane and Connor Yamamoto got hurt, but the Kane one in particular was was so graphic and scary that you know it was really shocking, and so I gave the Oilers credit for bouncing back after the game against Washington. Yeah. Against Washington. Just a thought on what makes this matchup so compelling for you? Well, a combination of things. No question the skill level that's on the ice. I mean, you have elite players going up against each other head-to-head. You have um, an elite team in the Tampa Bay Lightning that I think every team in the National Hockey League has been striving to try and become. Um, This is a team that's gone to six conference finals in nine years. I mean, that's... I'm sorry, that's just an incredible record, and it's a team that contends every single year. And it's also a team that right now in the second half of the season knows how to push the right buttons and how to dial things in because this is when they start to get really excited about the season. Heading down the stretch, trying to find that playoff position, going into the playoffs on a good note, and grinding away and trying to win another championship is the only mindset this team has. So they get the best from every opponent they face, much like the Edmonton Oilers do, because they have Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl and Nugent Hopkins and the depth they have down their lineup and the way they can play the game. Um, so because of that, because you're going to get the best from each other, it brings out the best. I know it's cliche, but this is one of those games where I think as a player you look at the schedule and say, okay, I mean, this is the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, three-time Stanley Cup finalists. Um, let's make sure we're bringing our A game here. Let's make sure we're, we're giving it our all, because if we don't, this team can embarrass you. And I, I think, again, that just, for me, brings out uh, the competitive spirit in the best players, and I expect it to happen again tonight. And it is going to take everybody. It's going to take everybody from the Tampa Bay Lightning to beat the Edmonton Oilers the way they're playing right now. It's going to take everybody from Edmonton to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning with the way they're playing right now. They've kind of found their stride, and they've played a ton of hockey, more than anybody in recent years. So this is a team, like I said, that can kind of put it in, and I don't want to say cruise because that's the wrong word. They know how to manage their game and play the right way until they get to a point in time where it's, okay, it's time for us to start making sure the details of our game are there. And I think the Oilers are finding that stride too. Um, A nice graphic we showed the other night, compliments of you, Bob, the brain, about how Ebenson has a better second half um, than first half in the last three years going into the postseason, and it looks like they're going to trend that same direction this year. Again, I think it's because of the mentality of the team and the top players on the team. They understand this is when it, when it gets real serious. This is when it's the best time to play hockey. You're down the stretch, and you're looking forward to try and get yourself into that position to get into the playoffs and then have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And that is the most exciting thing for a player in the National Hockey League and for any team respectively, and that's why I think we're going to see some tremendous hockey down the stretch. Louis, I'll tell you right now, you're the only one that calls me the brain. And in my own in my own household, I got uh, a wife, a daughter, and a son, and uh, they 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 use far less complimentary terms than that to describe <laughs> yours truly. Uh, yeah, well, I, I respect it, Bob. I respect yeah. it, buddy. All right, there we go. Hey, uh, you know, and, and I love to have fun with Toronto. You know, like uh, I had a little bit of fun before the break about dry settle. You know, not in the top 100 with the athletic. I heard that, and I'm like, and well, I, yeah, I, you know, I if you played on the Maple Leafs, you would, right? Yeah, and, but in all seriousness, for the Maple Leafs. And I mean this because I picked them to beat Jake and the Bruins one year in the playoffs. Toronto has been in a division with Tampa Bay and Boston. And here's where I'm going to go with Tampa. 
They are, in many respects, the standard for the league. They've been in the last three Stanley Cup finals. Their yep. their general manager, uh, you know, let's, let's face it here. You look at this organization, and Julian Breesbaugh, he is ruthless. And I mean that in the most complimentary of fashions. Think about how they ended up getting uh, Coleman and Goodrow before, and then they went down the same path last year. Louis, I'm going to give you two trades where they added significant depth to their team. They got Hagel on March the 18th for Kachuk and Radish, who were sort of losing traction as prospects. They gave up number ones in 2023 and 2024 uh, protected, so they went the wrong way and they had a bunch of injuries. They still were covered. And they got Brandon Hagel, who ended up with 25 goals last year. He's already got 17 games. And then two days later, they they, they, they traded Matthew Joseph, who was he's a third-line winger and a fourth-rounder, and got Nick Paul. And then they extended Paul on a seven-year deal. And think about the Game 7 for Tampa against the Leafs. Who got the two goals? It wasn't Stamkos or Kucherov. Paul was the guy that bit him and... Uh, you know, ended up making the difference, and he's got 16 goals. So they get a number. You know, Hagel's on their top line. Paul right now is centering their third line. This is how this organ and they, they hit with late draft picks. That's granted, but they are ruthless when it comes to making deals, Louis. Uh, amazing acquisitions, and you know the Hagel one for me, price point alone, it was beneficial for them because they were a little bit up against the cap and they had to make some moves. But they ended up getting back a player that. Essentially, as you mentioned, is now on the top line, and he was just breaking out in Chicago for a team that was rebuilding in Chicago. That trade surprised me yeah. that they would put they would they would send Hagel that way because he was still at a good price point for another couple of years. And I thought this guy is just finding his stride down the National Hockey. It's been a real nice story for Brandon Hagel, and and he he compliments that top line. For me, the loss of Palat. Hagel fills that role. He fills that hole. He plays a very similar game. He's gritty, grindy, does the little things, um, has amazing hands and timing, and when he makes those plays, had a beautiful pass last night and a beautiful goal. And Nick Paul, for me, I did the conference final with with Singer last year, and for me, um, this guy just stepped in there, maybe signed that deal a little too soon. (laughs) He's starting to really find his stride, too. Very comfortable where he was, and I like to see that from players. He gets traded there. He has a tremendous down the stretch into the playoffs. He was a big role for them. He understood that he liked the organization, liked the coaching staff, liked where he was in Tampa, and how couldn't you? I played there for a year, loved it. And I'll tell you, he signs to what I thought was a fairly good deal for both sides. I think he might have been able to get more, especially with the way he's playing right now. But this is what I like to see. He knows where he is. He knows where he he belongs in that lineup. He knows exactly what role he has to play, and he's playing it to a T right now, and they're getting a lot out of both of those guys, Hagel and Paul. Great acquisitions last year that uh, are are what they've been able to do over the years. Uh, Great teams often do this, and they change little pieces of their organization and of their player personnel to kind of keep them trending in the right direction. Not always easy to find those pieces, but they certainly have a habit of doing it. Once under Steve Eiserman and now uh, under Julian Brisebois. We're joined right now by Louis DeBrusque for GCL Diesel. It's currently 1246 in Edmonton. Louis, there used to be a joke back in the mid-1970s when the Flyers were the Broad Street Bullies that the only team that had a bigger defense than them was the new Westminster Bruins, okay? So they had a guy named Barry Beck who, I mean, Dave Brown fought Barry Beck. Barry Beck was an absolute beast. He was a a massive uh, uh 
you know, man at that time. And Miles Zaharko was there. He's out of Manville, Alberta. And they had, uh, you know, they had tough forwards like Filipov who could really fight. They used to fight O'Reilly. But they had a big team. Brad Maxwell was on that team in New West as well. He was six foot two, And this is in the mid-70s. Here we go, Louis. Hedman, 6'7", 224. Bogosian, 6'2", 222. Cole, 6'1", 225. Chernak, 6'4", 224. Sergachev, 6'1", 217. Foot, 6'5", 224. You played the game. Were you aware when you were playing against teams of massive defenses like that? <laughs> uh, yeah, no question about it. Um, it's You're going to look at that. You're going to understand that. I, I mean... I would tell you that maybe not as much today do you think about those things because the game is so fast that to get a really good hit on somebody now, you, you, number one, you have to be a great hitter because it's the timing aspect of it and the speed that the game's played at. And there still are some big hits, don't get me wrong, but the way they can lean on you, the grinding in the offensive zone for offensive players and even for grinders like myself to go out there and try and cycle a puck in the offensive zone and maintain possession, it becomes that much more difficult when you've got the reach, the strength, the size to lean on people and, and try and cut down um, that puck possession. I look at Edmonton, too. They're doing the same thing, Bob. I know we were talking about it this morning, and and it's a copycat league. And we've talked about that all forever, that when a team starts to have success, especially in the modern game, what are they doing to have that success? You can't obviously mirror exact players, but you can, you can kind of build your team the same way as championship teams to try and have and copy that success, that template for success. And I think that teams are have been trying to do that with the Tampa Bay Lightning for years. Um, they're a team that, that, that certainly a lot of teams look at and aspects of their game and say, okay, uh, we can maybe try and put together a, a defense core that's similar to this in the sense that they're bigger, they're stronger, and they can lean on you in certain situations. And there's no question that size for me, as long as it's serviceable size, and we've talked about this a lot, you can't just be big. You have to be able to move. You have to have some good thought process to go out there and make the right plays at the right time. But if you combine those um, three qualities, I'll tell you what, um, you become a real formidable defenseman. And Tampa Bay Lightning has a bunch of them. And they're a very hard decor to play against. And they have the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. So all that combined, I mean, it's not easy to go out there and pluck the best goaltender in the league from somewhere. So that's the one area that's really hard to duplicate. But you can certainly insulate your goaltender and play away that allows him to make more saves and I think there's a lot of teams doing that and the Edmonton Oilers are one of them. Are you um, Kenny Holland out of Detroit, they had a way they played. They had a way they built their teams. They made the playoffs for 26 straight seasons. This is this is what they did. It was, it was every single year trying to make little tweaks and changes to a roster to play the same way and make sure they were competitive. And they did it for a long time. They were the best team in the league for that period of time at doing that on a consistent basis. Um, and now they're trying to do that here in Edmonton by making little tweaks and finding that right mix and then being able to continually um, turn that over and make little tweaks and keep it going forward each and every year. We're joined by Louis DeRusk from NHL Hockey and Rogers for GCL Diesel. So Louis, just just because we've got, this is how attentive people are. They want to know how Tampa's doing because you named your dog Tampa, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? My daughter was born down in Tampa Bay, Jordan, so it's actually her dog, and she okay. picked him. She picked a great one, by the way. And uh, maybe we had a little bit of influence on that, but uh, you know what? She picked a, a wonderful dog, and, uh, yeah, she named him Tampa because she was born down in Tampa. So that's how uh, our dog became Tampa, and 
We love the name. You know what? Jake doesn't like the name too much. I'm not going to lie to you. Him and Tampa have a little like love hate relationship. Yeah. But uh, but uh, all in good fun. Uh, no, Tampa's a, a a wonderful dog, and uh, we love him. Uh, by the way, uh, your favorite guy, Joe Haggerty, hacks with Hags, was pumping Jake DeBrus ability as an analyst on the Bruins broadcast. <laughs> what? Something positive from Hags? Are you serious? That's unbelievable. Well, hey, you, you know, know what? Hey, you never know what you're going to get now. You know what they say about writers? They're not happy unless they're miserable. Or, yeah. wait, was that Rob? Is that what Ted Pops Poplowski used to say about Rob Dom? Yeah, in all seriousness, though, I thought he did do a good job with uh, Jack and Brick. He was up there pretty confident and obviously knows the game very well, has a good eye for the game, and I think he was happy to be involved. I think it's been frustrating for him to be away from the rink. We saw Evander Kane jump in our booth. There you go. Yeah, he did. Same with us. He was with us before he was with you guys. You know what? So we had him, uh, you know, you had him on the radio, then we had him on the panel with us, with Gene, and uh, and with you, and you know what? I think it's just good for players to kind of stay in the mix, look at a little bit different side of the game from a different perspective. I don't know if I like that Evander called it easy. I might want to get him in a little bit different situations, but there's no question he has the gift of the gap, so it probably is easy for him. Another thing that he's good at, which I'm jealous of, but um, I like it. I like when players get involved. I did a period back in the day with the legendary Kurt Kilback in uh, in uh, Phoenix. I was I was injured at the time, and uh, Jimmy Johnson, who was an Oiler assistant coach for a period of time, was off with a U.S. Uh, team, uh, national team, doing some coaching, and I filled in and uh, did a period with Kurt Kilback one time in the old uh, Arena America West Arena in, in Phoenix, and Jake said the same thing back to me that I said to, to Kurt when. Uh, um, when I uh, got off the air after that period, I said, I can't believe how fast that period went. It just blew by. And Jake said the same thing the other night when he got out of the booth. He said it was pretty quick. It kind of flew by. And it does when you're having fun. As you know very well, because you've done it for years, and so have I, it's, uh, I think, the best job in the world, aside from playing the game. I think it's uh, the second best one. He's got Kurt Keel back, and we've got listeners in Manitoba and Saskatchewan that would have heard him uh, when they you know, maybe grew up listening to the Winnipeg Jets. He had one of the most deepest power. Yeah. Here comes Sackick <laughs> down the right side. Okay, just just go watch the movie Goon, and you'll know who who he is because he's the he's the commentator in the movie. So. Now, how did you, how did LaRock get on Goon, but you didn't? That's what yeah. I want to know. Well, you had a little bit better career than I did, and he was obviously a little bit better known. But uh, and he was the toughest guy in the league for a long time. Oh, so, that's all. Um, so he, uh, yeah, you know, he had that. I would have loved to have been in that. That would have been pretty cool to be a part of that. But I thought he did a good job. And it's kind of funny because I was calling the game um, where he fought Ivanins off the faceoff, and they had that uh, little conversation. You know, you want to go, okay, cool, good luck, and they kind of dropped the gloves and all, you know, courteous and nice and polite, which I think people, you know, sometimes just don't understand that – you know, you don't have to hate someone to go in there and go to battle with them. It's, yeah. it's, you know, you have to get to that point fairly quickly once you do drop the gloves. But a lot of the times, and, you know, Gino Ojic and, uh, you know, sad to hear the news right. of him passing. And he was uh, one of the guys that I battled with a lot over the course of my career. And But he was the first guy, I was talking to Cindy the other day, my wife, about this. You know, he was one of the first guys in the league that I fought on the ice, bumped into a Barry Tease. Back in the day, the place we used to hang out in, and offered me a beer. You know, he wanted to have a beer with me at the bar and, and uh, shoot the you know what with me. I almost dropped a swear word on your on That's, your. You, show. I think you're but, allowed to say that but, one now, Louis. Just okay, you know. Okay, okay, good. Maybe he, down the road, I'll drop it in there. Drop the shoot you know with I mean? you. Like, That's what you were so, saying. Yes. Yeah. 
so what it was, but it was incredible because it, you, you walk in there, you see a guy, I just fought him, and you're like, oh, this could go kind of funny. This could be a weird one. And he's like, hey, Louie, how you doing? Uh, you want a beer? Sit down. And it was kind of cool. It wasn't. It wasn't like, hey, we're we're friends now. There was a mutual respect because we both did the same job, and I think Gino was incredible at that job. I really do. And, uh, you know, it was obviously an amazing Canuck. I got to play with him later on in my career down in Quebec and the American Hockey League for a brief period of time. He was an excellent teammate, a great human being, um, and he'll be missed. You know what? It was really sad to hear of his passing because uh, he was a warrior, and um, I have a lot of good things to say about Gino, but that I always remember that. I always remember that kind of first meeting in, the, in in a nightclub, and I remember going away from that saying, yeah, you know what, it is a job, and sometimes you, you do the job, and then off, off the ice, um, for the most part, I would tell you that most of the tough guys back in the day were really, really good guys, and they you know, were happy to see you and happy to share the experience with you, and uh, Gino was no different. I'll never forget uh... – Colorado was in town. Frankie LaRue was playing for Colorado. This is a guy that once did a pretty good job against Tony Twist. Like, Frankie was a big oh, yeah. man. He, he was caught a, him. And he caught Twister. But he'd taken care of Bucky late in the game, and Bucky always punched above his weight class and opened himself <laughs> up. And, and it, I mean, and, and Bucky well, had... Him pu- and Frankie. Him and Frankie. They had it going on, right? They fought all the time. I know. Was, you know what? They could be on the same team in training camp, and they still might fight. Yeah. They still might fight. I don't know what it was. They just they didn't like each other that way. And, uh, yeah. So we were, we, were at, uh, we were at Earl's Tin Palace after the game, and uh, the Colorado guys had just showed up, and it was early in my relationship with Kathy. I'd beat the you – know, I didn't know the players were going there, and we're there sitting there ready, and, and Bucky comes in, and LaRue's already at the wood at the bar. And they look at each other, and I look at Bucky, and I just shrug my shoulders like, whatever, man. Like, it's, what, like, it's over. Like, you know, and he just got – and even LaRue kind of smiled and laughed. Like, he kind of gave the sheepish grin like, yeah, whatever, it's all good. Hey, hey. And they went their separate ways. So that's awesome on Gino. That's an Awesome story. Louie, try to have some fun tonight, okay? Yeah, you too. It should be a good one. Looking forward to it. There you go. That is Louie DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers for GCL Diesel. Uh, it's 12.56 in Edmonton. Hey, Bob, what makes tonight's game so compelling? It must be the logos on the front, not the star players' names on the back. Signed, John Shannon. This in reference to Shannon's comments that it's about the jersey in the front, not the names in the back. After I said the league needs to protect the stars a little bit later on. Well, guess what? Louis DeBrusque is uh, coming up, or uh, John Shannon's coming up a little bit later on. Uh, anyhow, you can text us on the Ashley Five Floors text line. Ted Pops Poplowski used to be the uh, goalie coach for the Golden Bears, and we used to have fun with Rob Tom. That Rob was never happy uh, unless he was complaining about something. It was just the way. It was just Rob's dry sense of humor. Often I was, uh, and deservedly so, uh, the guy that uh, ended up getting a lot of the focus and some of the jokes that were directed uh, our way. Again, you can text us on the Ashley Five Floors text line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Do you want to tell you we're heading? to sunny California this April with New West Travel. You fly to L.A., go and see the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. Four nights at the Marriott L.A. Live uh, Airfare Lower Bowl game tickets for both games. We'll have a couple of welcome receptions, one in Edmonton and one in Los Angeles with your Australian special guests. For the California Hockey Package, reach out to newwesttravel.com. Still to come, a one-on-one sit-down with Cody Cece. We'll get into the Oilers now. Injury report. Um... 
Cam Moon, radio broadcaster for the Oilers, along with Jack Michaels. They split the games. Cam is going to talk a little about catching gloves and goaltending equipment, and then John Shannon will make an appearance on the show as well. At 12.58, we'll head off to a Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen.